This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Amen and amen. Have you ever been overwhelmed? Amen. <laughs> Have you ever been in a hurry, rushed, maybe late? In fact, and uh, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you have gotten in the car a little bit behind schedule and you've gotten onto the interstate, pulled in the left lane because you had planned to go just a little bit fast, um, um, faster than what you're supposed to, and then the slowest car possible pulls out right in front of you in that left lane. How does that make you feel in that moment, right? Am I the only one that's ever felt that way? Or... You're at the grocery store, right, and, and you've got this full thing of groceries. You've got to get home because your kids are hungry. You have to eat, and the coupon lady gets right in front of you. Come on now. Am I the only one? There ain't nothing wrong with coupons, but I'm telling you, it takes a while. Or how about at nighttime when, you know, you're just ready to just relax and rest and go to bed, and you create a game for your kids. Hey, who can get their bath and get on their pajamas the quickest? Because the quickest one gets a snack, right? And you got to dangle that carrot out there. And then they rush and they do all those things. And, and, you, and you're doing it. Why? Because you're doing it because you're in a hurry. We are always in a hurry. It's, it's the same way in life. Baseball practice, no big deal. I can handle it. Out to town trip, I got this, right? I can do that. I can handle it. because I, I can do it. You want to go to the game? Fine, let's go to the game. You want us to come over to your house? Sure, we'll come over, oh, 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 over to your house. People come into our house? Okay, now, time out. I've mowed the front yard. Now I've got to mow the back. got to make sure the laundry's done. I have to make sure the dishes are done. And you're always doing something. You're always in a hurry. i got girls going to dance. i got my son going to gymnastics. But I can handle it all, right? And then you start to think, well, I can handle it because God said he'd never give me more than I can handle, right? And I, I don't want to be the guy to break it to you, but there's a news flash there. God never said that. He never said, I will never give you more than you can handle. He said, I'll give you, I will not give you more than I can handle. See, sometimes he purposely gives you more than you can handle because your way hasn't worked. Sometimes he purposely gives you more than you can handle because it puts you in a position where you have to trust him. It puts you in that frame of mind where I know that my methods and my scheduling won't get it done. So I have to. But because we're so hard-headed by nature, okay? I'm the only one. I'm not preaching to you. Just preaching to me, okay? I'll, I'll change the words. I'm so hard-headed that God purposely does it to me so that I can't do it. Well, what type of God is that that we serve? It's one that loves me. It's one that knows I can't do it by myself, and he puts me in the position to where I have to trust him. But we get to this place, and we, we get it gets harder and harder and harder because when we finally have margin within our schedule, we fill that up with something else. And we never feel like it's okay to just rest, to just take a break. 
God will give you more than you can handle. And so many of us, we're so busy, we're so overwhelmed that we're totally out of it. And I want to show you just a couple ways real quick. It's a little test that you can take right now to determine whether or not you are in the position to. Number one, we're so overwhelmed that sometimes we're out of shape. Now, I can preach that because I am. Okay? I, okay, man. You might say, I don't have time to exercise. I've got so much stuff to do in my schedule that I can't always eat right because I'm always on the run, so I'm always going through Wendy's, right? We're always getting that cheeseburger and that chicken sandwich, and we're getting those foods because we don't have time to eat a good meal at home. Or if you're like me, because your schedule is from morning to night, the only time you really have to sit down to eat is at 9 o'clock when all the kids are in bed. Number two, we're so overwhelmed sometimes that we're out of sorts emotionally. You know, we would probably have a breakdown, but I just don't have time for it. Have you ever been there? We're, we're so overwhelmed emotionally, we're just a mess. Some of us, number three, we're so overwhelmed, we're out of touch emotionally. Have you ever been home and not really be home? Your mind is somewhere else. We, we can be with them at the end of the day, but we're not totally with them because we're completely spent and life's just going by. We're not really connecting relationally to those around us because all we can concentrate is on what's the to-do list to do tomorrow. Or for you, you've spent the whole day working to come home, get the kids taken care of, hop in the bed with your spouse, and then the cell phone comes out because you don't know anything else to do except have something on your mind. And I'm telling you, as good of a tool as these things are at times, it can be a strategic tool for the enemy too because it kills us relationally with our friends and with our spouses. Is it okay this morning? We get out of sorts emotionally. And then for many of us, we, we get so overwhelmed that we're out of order spiritually. Well, I believe in God. I am a Christian. I'm actually a pretty good one, right? But I'm so busy that I don't have time to have a devotional with my spouse or my kids. I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to pray. It's just not in the schedule. I'm going on and on. And for example, and, and I want you to hear this. Studies show, okay? Hear me out. This isn't Pastor Chris saying this. This is research that about half of Christians attend church once a month. Do I need to say that again? Research says, and now I'm going to say something else. It's not my notes today, and I love live stream. I love the, the opportunity that we have to spread the gospel across the nations. But I'm telling you, us having live stream is not an excuse to say, I'm tired, I'm not going to church this morning. There is something about being in the building. I can't explain it. I just know being around like-minded people in the presence of an almighty God, there's something to that. And if I had my way, I would go back 25 years and dismiss all the online stuff and say, hey, if you want God, get in the building. 
But we have this type of stuff for those that, that can't make it, for those that are sick, for relatives that live out of state, for, for certain things like that that people can tune into the service and watch online. But I'm telling you, the Bible says, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. I'm going to change that just a little bit. and says, as for me and my house, we're going to be in church. Because there's not going to be a day where my kids try to give me an excuse on why they can't be there. I'm going to drag them in and I'm going to drag them out because I want them here. Because there's something about being around their friends. There's something about being around Christ-like people that you can't get just somewhere else. We've got to be inside the building. But we say we don't have time to serve at church. We don't have time for small group because my, my schedule is just so consumed. I just don't have time because we're busy. And we think, well, I can handle it. That I can do it. That God will never give me more, than, more than, than I can handle. And if I were to ask anybody in this room to raise their hand, if they feel occasionally overwhelmed, I can guarantee you just about, if not every single hand in this place would be raised. Think about it. Do you really think that was God's intention for us when He created this amazing life for us to live, for us to be so overwhelmed that we can't take care of the very things that He's told us to take care of? I don't think that's what God wanted us to do. I don't think he wanted us to, to allow the schedule to dictate my time with God. My time with God should dictate my schedule. I would say the culture that we live in today is just a little bit insane. Insane is not normal. Okay? So what's the answer? Matthew chapter 11. Verse number 28, read this with me. It says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. A simple command. I don't have to go quote John 3.16. I don't have to quote the declaration of faith. I don't have to memorize the books of the Bible from beginning to end. I don't have to have a list of scriptures that I've got to do. I don't have anything else except just come to me. That's it. It's as easy as that. Being in the presence of an almighty God. If you want rest, you're in the right place to get it. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will. It's a command. It's not, I'm just going to... Go down the list. Have you prayed this week? Have you read your Bible this week? Have you given to somebody this week? Did you tithe in church this week? It's not a list of, of, of to-dos and, and don't-dos. It simply says, come to me and I will give you rest. Some of you don't even know what rest is. <laughs> is it okay? Because I'm preaching it because I'm almost preaching it like this to myself. You don't know what rest is. And when you rest, you feel guilty. Because you're not doing something. Now, taking that into perspective, I, I want to say this a different way and let this hit home with you. You feel guilty for obeying God. Now, it sounds a little bit different, doesn't it? Why should we feel guilty... For obeying God. Does he not say that we should have a Sabbath? Does he not say that we should have a day of rest? Is it not commanded in his word that we should take time for us? 
So why do we feel guilty for something that God has commanded? Mm. It got real quiet in here today. Because I think we've all been there. I think we've all been there. And we feel like if I don't have anything in my schedule, this margin, I have to fill it up with something else because it's just not right for me to take care of myself. You know, I spoke to the men yesterday at men's breakfast and I said, as men, how can we give something we don't have? If we've spent and given everything we have, how do we expect to pour into our spouse and our children? We have to be poured into too. Well, I don't pour into by continually giving. I'm poured into by continually resting. And allowing somebody, the Holy Spirit, or to use a, a vessel like myself or many other thousands of preachers across the world to pour into your life. And I'm telling you, you don't have to get it on a Wednesday or a Sunday. There are things on YouTube. There are things online. There's a Bible app that you can download. There is devotional after devotional after devotional after devotional. And I could go on that you can do and be poured into. Because I'm telling you, when you take care of yourself, you are more in line to take care of others. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It goes on, Matthew 11, chapter 21, uh, um, um, uh, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you, and what's it say? Learn from me. Now, I love those words because Jesus, being the great teacher, said, hey, I need you to look at my life and look at what I did so that you can understand what I'm commanding you to do. I take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What's the word yoke mean? Okay, Yoke is simply, if you've, if you've ever seen oxen plowing a field, I want you to imagine this thing that, that will connect the oxen together. It's a yoke and what it does, it joins them together so they can go at the same pace, at the same rhythm. Without the yoke, get this, without the yoke, the oxen will get out of balance and how many times have we of Christians gotten out of balance because we're not in the same rhythm of Jesus we're not in the same rhythm of what we're supposed to be doing that's why the Bible commands to say take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I need you connected to me I need you at my hip so when I take a left step you take a left step and when I take a right step you take a right step and when I turn around you turn around because I need you to do what I've done so you can learn from me are you hearing this today? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Why? For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find again, here's that word, rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, picture a burden. And I know sometimes a burden is not a an object, don't point at your spouse. A burden is something you feel. It's something that you feel hinders where you are. A burden is like a mental block. It keeps you from thinking the way God wants you to think. That's why I love this passage because it says, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. 
Meaning that if you learn from me and trust me, that burden that you've been carrying will be non-existent because you've trusted in me to take care of it. And I've, I've preached this before in a different way. But why do we still struggle with this? Why do we still concern ourselves and worry about things that are out of our control? We have no business worrying about things that God's already taken care of. The Bible says that he has gone before me. Right? And I want you to picture what that means. That means that he knew the situation before you even got there. That means he knew what was going to happen before, this, before you even knew it existed. And he's already worked it out for your good. So at the end game of this is actually going to be better than it was when it started. But for some reason in our mind, when it starts, we worry and we doubt and we fear. And we get so down and out about ourselves. And what do we do when we feel down? We fill our schedule with things. Why? Because we think it's going to take my mind off of the situation when in reality it just compounds on top of each other. So now I'm worried about this and now I've got this list of 20 things to do that I don't have time for. And I'm passionate about this because it almost hurt me. Now don't judge me, okay? But earlier in my life I loved Red Bull drinks. I don't know if anybody has had a Red Bull it's like an energy drink, right? And I liked the green ones because they tasted like Mountain Dew. And I drank them all the time because I went and 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 I went. And I felt like the only way that I could replenish the energy was to drink a Red Bull. So I consumed earlier in my years around five to six per week for about five years. Because I felt like it was the only thing that I could do to go on another day. Well, it came time. We were in Alabama, and um, Eliza was just born. And uh, we had a meal train going from the church. They were bringing food to the house. They actually brought us the Lord's chicken. And if you don't know what the Lord's chicken is, they have one right across the street, and it's closed on Sundays. The Lord's chicken. And they brought it to the house. And I had my food with a Red Bull. Well, shortly after I ate, my right arm began to go numb and I began to get this pressure in my chest that I had never felt before. And I felt as if I was having a heart attack. So I told my wife, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I've got to do something right now. we got to go. Now, I don't go to the ER. I, I just don't. I tend to, uh, this will just take care of itself, Right? So Megan knew that when I was talking to her about going to the, e e e to the ER, it meant business. We, got, we have to go now. So we loaded up the kids. We loaded up the car. We went to the ER. They hooked me up to every heart monitor known to mankind. It didn't show a heart attack, but what he said was, you have such acid reflux built up in your system from all those years of Red Bulls that it mimicked a heart attack inside your body. So I went home and I got a phone call from my mentor and I was telling him everything that happened. And he told me something that has stuck with me. He said, Chris, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of others. 
If you don't take care of yourself and find time for you to rest, then how can you do what the Lord's called you to do? You see, what had happened was I felt like I had to stay so busy, and by doing that, I had unyoked myself from my Savior. And this whole time, what he's trying to teach me, you don't need an energy drink to get energy. You don't need this. You don't need your schedule. All you need is me. So come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're burdened. Come to me if you're stressed out. Come to me if you can't seem to make it another day. And I will give you rest. So what do you do when you have too many things on your schedule? The first thing you need to do is this. And if you're taking notes today, I'm going to go through um, um, uh, three different things. What we need to recognize is that some things need, need to be shared. Some things need to be shared. You can't do it all by yourself. As a matter of fact, Exodus chapter 18, and I want to read this for just a moment, and you'll be able to see where I'm going with this within the passage of this scripture. Exodus 18, starting in verse number 13. I think we have it up on the screen. It says, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as a judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing? Why do you alone sit as judge while all... All these people stand around you from morning till evening. Moses answered him, because the people come to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Watch this. So he says, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. Now watch this. It says, the work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now and me, and I will give you some advice. May God be with you. you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men, and hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties and tens have them serve as judges for the people at all times but have them bring every difficult case to you what's he saying he's saying you can't do it by yourself because if you continue to do it by yourself you're going to wear yourself down so the best way to do this to to do what you know you're supposed to do is to share your duties with somebody else he said this is not a good thing so he did. He said, you and these people, they've come to you, and you're only going to wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy, and you cannot handle it alone. And many of you are dealing with that right now. And can I say to you, you can't do it by yourself. One of the biggest things I've had to learn in my life is how to say no. I don't, that word's not in my vocab. When somebody asks to do something, sure, I'd love to help. You want to do this? Sure, I'd love to do it. At some point, you've got to take a step back and take care of yourself. Some things need to be shared. What does the Bible say about it? And sharing your burden with each other. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. It says this. It says simply... 
to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What's that mean? We're supposed to help each other. Sharing with each other. Number two, some things don't need to be shared. But number two, some things just need to stop. Some things we're doing that bring no value to us. Look at Luke chapter 10. Mary and Martha. They had Jesus over to their homes. And Mary took advantage of the situation. She said, you know what? Jesus is here. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm hanging out with Jesus today. I want to spend time with him. Well, Martha, on the other hand, she was doing what you and I do most. And, and she was in the kitchen going, it's just got to be right. Jesus is here. Got to make the cookies. I got to make sure there's a candle that smells good. Laundry done. Kids room picked up. Backyard mode. And she's in there totally trying to do everything she can and missing the point that Jesus is in the room. And so in, in kind of like an attitude-like manner, she looks over and says, Mary, if I can change the words a little bit, says, get your lazy tail in here and help me. Now watch what Jesus said. And this scripture ministers to me. Luke chapter 10. Martha. Martha. You're worried and upset about many things. In southern slang, he said, sweetheart, you got to calm down a little bit. You're worried and upset about many things. Go on. But few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. Now watch this. And it will not be taken away from her. This is Jesus pointing his hand over at Martha and said, don't be getting on to Mary. Mary's doing what she needs to be doing. Maybe you should take notes and do the same thing. See, some things don't need to just be shared. Some things just need to stop. Thinking that everything has to be perfect. Thinking that your home should be a utopian minefield. That everything should just be lined up just the way it is so that when my friends come over, they don't see a speck of dust anywhere because I want them to think that I dress a certain way, that I live a certain way, that I have that type of car, that I work that type of job, that I have that type of marriage and I want them to see something that's not really there. So you make up this story of what you want people to believe and it's not really true. Guess what? The way you're living's okay. You don't have to be somebody that you're not. Some things just need to be stopped. Amen. So I want you to think for a moment and ask yourself this question. If only I had more time, I would. I would teach a Sunday school class. I would coach a boys baseball team. I would read my Bible more. I would spend time with friends because I know how important that is. I would take more time for my spouse. I would take more time for me. If I only, and see the lie that we tell ourselves is, I just don't have time. 
You have time for what you have time for. You have time for what you have prioritized. So if there's things in there that is not prioritized correctly, reprioritize them. Because we've got to get to that place where right is right. And if something doesn't bring value to me, those things need to stop. Because there may be some value that God has put in your heart that you're not doing because you've told yourself, I don't have time. Number three. Some things need to be shared. Some things need to be stopped. But everything needs to be surrendered. Psalm 62 verse 1. Where does my soul find rest? Watch what it says. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Another passage in Psalm says to cast our cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. That word sustain literally means to hurl or to throw. It, it, it literally means to take that burden and throw it onto God. It means to take that very thing that's bothering you and submit it to Christ. In fact, some of you, God may have allowed you to have more than you can handle so you can come to the breaking point where you cry out to God and depend on him. So here's this big question, okay? And if, 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 if the band would come. Earlier on, most of us in here said or thought, I'm one of those that just feel overwhelmed. So here's the question. What radical change do you need to make? What radical change in your life must be done so that I can find this rest? You say, Pastor, I don't need to make a radical change. No, you, you do. You know what the definition of insanity means? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. I can't keep going on the way I'm going, thinking that it's just going to change. If I continue to do the same thing over and over, thinking that this time it'll be different, it's insanity. So to keep myself from getting to that point, I've got to make a radical change. And I'm going to tell you, so you don't have to think too hard, what that radical change is. When you feel overwhelmed, stressed, tired, stop doing it your way. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Be yoked to him.
be in rhythm with him.